everyone. My name is Patrick LeBlanc, your host, and welcome to Insights Tomorrow, brought to you by Microsoft. Let's deep dive with leaders and innovators in the data space. We're gonna explore the challenges, the opportunities that organizations face in their data journeys. In each episode, we will invite some data leaders, experts, and some practitioners who share their unique perspectives on how data transformation is changing their business. Let's explore this data journey together and what it means to you. Hello, everyone. My name is Patrick LeBlanc, and I'm your host of Insights Tomorrow. And today we have Mrs. Kim Manis with us. I'm so excited, Kim. But before we get into all these questions and everything that I want to talk about, why don't you tell people who you are and what you do? So excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Patrick. My name is Kim Manis. I'm the Director of Product for Microsoft Fabric and for Power BI. Wow. 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 So we're going to get in, we're going to get into all of that director yep. of this and that. We'll get into all that. But I want to start, I want to go way back, Kim. I want to go way back. And I want to, let's start with your origin story. Where did you come from? How did you get here? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, big question. <laughs> well, let's see. So I, I studied computer science in college and I started my career at Microsoft, actually, as an intern and then as a you know college hire PM. I worked in Office, and then I worked in Windows. After a few years at Microsoft, I left Microsoft. I went to a couple different startups. And then I, about seven years ago, came back to Microsoft just when Power BI had first got on the scene. It was, I think it had just GA'd when I joined. And I've been kind of in the, you know, data world ever since. And, and I'll say that a theme in my career has been working with data and yeah. something that I've really enjoyed. So it wasn't always my kind of full-time focus, but it was something yeah. that I loved to use data to make decisions, to figure out what I should do next for my product, uh, to figure out what A-B tests I should run in my product, all that kind of stuff. So then when the opportunity to work on Power BI came, it was a no-brainer just because I had so much fun working with data myself. Yeah. And so how did you get into the whole project program management? Because I mean, when, when I was in college, I had I did I never heard of this. This I was just yeah. like, I'm going to go be a DBA. I'm going to go be a developer. I'm going to be a network yeah. admin. Project product management. How did you? What led you down that path? Yeah, it's not something you study, right? Like I, I never <laughs> took any classes in it. I took a lot of computer science classes, a lot of programming classes, a lot of engineering classes in college, and you know, I'll tell you when I was in these classes. My favorite part of, you know, a big computer science project was figuring out, okay, how's this going to work? What's it going to do? What, yeah. you know, how should I design this thing? And honestly, the like whiteboarding, figuring it out part was the funnest part. Uh, wow. The least fun part for me was coding that huh? uh, I, you know, didn't have the the patience for debugging and segmentation faults and stuff, but I was doing it and it was fine. But then when I interned at Microsoft, I got introduced to this role of program management. And so I was like, yeah. yeah, that's cool. And I ended up just really loving it because it's all about the, hey, what should we build and why? And how can we solve customer problems? And what can we do to improve the product? And figuring out, you know, 
developer time is precious. There's you know only so many of them that we have on a team and there's only so much time in a day. And so really figuring out what is the thing that a development team can work on that can make the product better for customers, better for the business, you know, better overall, right? Yep. Wow. Wow. So I was thinking when I saw, you know, because Sweat was like, oh, who can we interview? And I threw out a whole bunch of names. Obviously, you were on the list. And I was like, I don't I like I remember when the first time I interacted with Amir and Arun, I was like, when was the first time I can't like I've, I've been beating my brain for like a couple of weeks now. I was on vacation. I was like, when yeah. was the first interact with Kim? And it always leads me back to at least what I remember is um, us where I was, I was in the field and I was, you know, doing lots of Power BI stuff and Adam and I started the YouTubes and I was talking to Amanda and then I talked to Will and I was like, wait a minute, I need to talk to Kim. Kim's the boss over there. I need to go and talk to Kim. And we started talking. And yeah. if you think about the desktop back then, you know, the blog posts and the updates, what was it like? You're like the gatekeeper for the desktop. You were the gatekeeper for the oh, desktop. Which feature? What a fun job. No. Honest, yeah, honestly, yeah, that was the best job. It. it will still be the the funnest job ever because Power BI Desktop, you know, when I first joined it, there was a lot to be desired on that product. There was a lot yes. of stuff missing, <laughs> you know, a lot of features missing, performance issues, all kinds of things, right? And there's always all yeah. kinds of issues with product, but Power yeah. BI Desktop was very new and had a lot of work to do. And the thing that was so fun about working on it was it was just, there was so much progress to be made. Yeah. And every week, every month, it was all about what are we doing to improve it? It wasn't, you know, like th there were big things we needed to do, but there were a lot of little cuts, a lot of little things, a lot of little formatting things. And so it was a combination of just like, hey, let's keep getting customer feedback and keep moving. And one of the things I love about working on Power BI, I still love about working on Power BI is the community will tell you, right? Like, yes. honestly, yes. the community made my job easy, right? Everybody told <laughs> me exactly what they wanted, right? <laughs> of course, there was more than we could ever do. But like the ideas forum that we have, like, we just ran down the list. Now, some of those yeah. things were more expensive than others. Some of those things took longer or required different kind of developer skills. But really, that monthly blog post and the monthly release of desktop came from the sense of, hey, we know we're behind. We know we have a lot to do. Let's just get it done as fast as we can and tell everybody what we're doing as we're going. Let them give us feedback and keep showing them that we're listening. Right. And I think yeah. that really resonated. The blog post really resonated with folks because they could go and comment and complain about things and we'd respond. And, you know, the next month we'd say we heard you and here's what happened. You know, here's how we fixed yeah. it. So that back and forth yeah. is just so much fun as a PM. You know, I've yeah. worked on all kinds of products and the products that are really fun are something like this where it's a B2B tool, right? It's a business tool, Power BI, mm -hmm. but there's real people and end users using it every day. And those yeah. people, when you ship something that makes their life easier, people get promoted because of it. People save yeah. hours in a day because of it. And if you ship something that makes their life harder, trust me, they will tell you. <laughs> so <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I would tell you, there's careers that are built on Power BI. There are yeah, people, it's amazing. I mean, I look at myself, right? I mean, I have like three careers because of Power BI, right? Yep. So just thinking back, so you were, you know, you're a PM, then you started leading the desktop team. Now, now you're a director, right? Your, your team, the people that you manage, I, mean, I don't know how many people it is anymore that report all the way, I report all the way up to you, right? And so how did you go from, hey, I'm leading this desktop team to now I'm director of Fabric and Power BI? 
you got to think about all yeah. the you know little kids out there, like like little kids, right? Nobody's like me. It's like how do you go from here to there, right? It's it's remarkable. It's it's remarkable. You know, I think it's the same as how we grew Power BI Desktop. Little by little, you make little progress, yeah. and then slowly but surely, you get there. So I'm a parent, and I think about my journey. You know, my kids, my kids are much. My my daughter is going off to college this year, and so they'll have no no kids at home. Oh man! Yeah, it's oh boy. And so it's a see. This is her. I'm, I'm getting a little personal, but this is her oh at my her graduation, gosh. right? And so, oh my um, gosh, I can't. Anyway, that. and so you think about I think about the journey, and like I mean, I travel for work. I but I. I absolutely enjoyed. I took them to some SQL Saturdays and things like that. How do you, they were little kids. And so how do you manage? I mean, you know, I, I have my customer base. You've been on with my customers and I don't have 3000 people I'm managing. I don't know how many people you're managing, but how do you manage, you know, this, how do you have this work-life balance with, you know, being a parent, being a leader and what's the trade-off, you know, what's some trade-offs? There? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll say a couple things. One, I really enjoy work. I just, I, yes. I like what I, I really like what I do. I have fun working. I just, I'm so blessed that I fell into a career, honestly, that I just have a lot of fun with and it keeps yeah. me interested and excited to come to work every day. So that's kind of critical. The other thing is I have a ton of help, right? Yeah. I have a <laughs> husband who does way more than his share of the work. I have a full-time <laughs> nanny. I moved to oh. New York from Seattle oh. so that I could be near my family so my parents yeah. come help. So for context, I have uh, five-year-old twin boys and they have nonstop energy and they are uh, around all the time because I work from home. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, a lot of it is, number one, I get a ton of full-time help. Number two, I think for me, when I became a parent, I actually felt like my ability to prioritize became much better because I yeah. just didn't have time. I didn't have time to mess around. I didn't have time to procrastinate. I couldn't yeah. stay late at work. I had to let the nanny go at a certain time. And when you force somebody to be time crunched, you know what? Stuff comes out. And I don't agonize about things being perfect. I just yeah. keep moving things forward, right? Yeah. But I'd say the combination of loving my job, loving the people I work with, learning a lot every day so that I'm really motivated to come to work and yeah. then a family and resources to help me. That's really how I keep it going. I think one of the, the big points and Adam and I talk about this a lot when we're, you know, doing stuff, I, you can't obsess over it being perfect. I love that. Can't. I mean, you just cannot, you cannot obsess over things being perfect. Okay. Speaking of the move, speaking of the move, yes. right? You, you yes. were in Redmond with your team, all yep. your people and you move all the way across the country, all the way across the country to the East Coast in New York. What's that like? This new world we live in, this remote world, oh, it just, it drains me so much because I like people yeah. and I want to be in offices and talk to people. How do you manage? How do you, you know, keep your team motivated and going, you know, now that yeah. you're across the country from them? Well, you know, the interesting thing, I was living in Seattle for 13 years and yeah. uh, we kept saying, we're coming back to work. We're coming back to work, yeah. and, uh, you yeah. know, and then it was January of 2022, I guess. I started going to work every day at that point. No one else was coming in. And like, I don't think Microsoft even fully opened at that point yet, maybe just so. And I was going to work every day. I was befriending the mailman and the, you know, <laughs> security guy and whatever. Like, I was just trying to talk to people because I was so bored at home <laughs> trying to escape my kids. And so I was going in every day and I really wasn't seeing many people. Right. Um, and this yeah. was going on for a while. 
And our team is global. We have yeah. teams in China, teams in Israel, teams in India, teams in Serbia. Oh my gosh, I'm trying to think where all over the country and all over the world, all kinds of time zones. So the reality was I was sitting on the phone anyway, <laughs> no yeah. matter what, yeah. because there's so yeah. many people on the team that yeah. don't live in Redmond. So then I kind of decided, hey, why not try this, right? When else can I do this? And the thing that is great is one, I think moving really for folks on my team that don't live in Redmond, it was a sign that like, hey, you can still grow your career and and not live at the mothership of, uh, you know, Redmond, Washington. And then it means that when I do get to travel, when I do get to go in person, I went to Israel a couple of weeks ago to visit the team in Israel. It's just so energizing because everybody yeah. comes in and everybody meets for the week and you can really get that one-on-one -on -one time and you don't need it all the time. You just need it every so often. And so yeah. I think we got to figure out the balance of what's the in-person cadence and we're still figuring that out. Yeah. But, you know, it's just amazing how productive our team has been in this new world we're in yeah. and and the great thing is you can hire the best people because yeah. you can hire people wherever they are that's right i will tell you we had a a team meeting team offsite i don't know if it was last year or year before the I last COVID is, and it was the best it was i it's mean i came best. home and I, I built so many different things and that was amazing i put like a two-day workshop together it was amazing it was amazing yep. and so when you think about managing people right you got lots yep. of people i long time ago i was a manager long i was so young and i managed a group of about 30 dbas and one of the things that people i remember they would constantly come to me and go patrick I need a mentor. I need a coach. I want yep. to grow into a leadership position. How do you work with, I mean, you have all the personalities, all the people. I'm sure people are constantly hitting you up. Hey, Kim, I'm, you know, how do I get in the management? What do I do? How do you cultivate that with such a large team? Yeah. You know, there's a couple pieces of advice I always give to people who yeah. want to be managers. And the first one is find opportunities to mentor others right? Yeah. You don't have to be somebody's manager to coach them, to yeah. grow their careers, to help them, right? And so the first thing is really finding people that can mentor you, but also yeah. you mentoring other people is super valuable in building up that skill and learning about what you're good at, right? Yeah. And then you can start to get a taste for what it's like to coach people through difficult situations and, and what kind of guidance people need and all that kind of stuff. One of the other things I always love to have folks do is either mentor or manage interns. So Microsoft has an amazing oh. intern program. I was an intern. Many of the folks on our team were interns. And managing an intern is honestly one of the more difficult things to do as a manager <laughs> because you have somebody who's often never gone to work before, like doesn't know anything about the domain you're in and has no idea what they're supposed to do. And you, you have to coach them through that. So that's always kind of a low risk, high reward opportunity for getting yeah. experience managing. Even if you can't manage the intern, mentoring the intern is always a, a great idea. Yeah. And then, you know, the other thing I'll say is just you don't have to wait for a title to be a leader, sure. right? Yeah. And so much of it is, hey, just take the ownership, pick up the things on the floor that you see are broken, run toward the problem, not away from the problem. And then when those leadership opportunities come along, you're obviously the right choice because you've already yeah. been kind of doing it, right? Yeah, yeah. So those are some opportunities, I'd say. Yeah. 
And so I think about something you said earlier when I asked you about, you know, the job you have now. And you was like, Arun reached out to me. It was the same thing with me and the cat team, right? Adam reached out to mm-hmm. me. Mark reached out to me. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I should be on this team. These guys are smart. Yeah. These guys are good, right? And so yeah. as a leader, you own this. This is a massive product. I mean, fabric is, I call it the fabric. The fabric is, I've been using it. It's amazing. Trying to, how do you align the right people with the right pieces in that product? Because there's so many things. I talked to Priya and Priya is obviously the best choice for data warehousing. How do you know who should I pick? Who should I align with all these features that's in this product? That is just, it's, it's gotta be a very daunting task. Yeah, I mean, as a leader, you know, Arun said this to me once, as a leader of a team, the most important thing you can do is get the right people in the right positions and get out of their way, right? And so, you know, once you kind of figure out, okay, what are the big goals for the team? Then Mm -hmm. it's about, you know, finding the best person for the job, taking bets on some people. Maybe they haven't done it yet, Uh, but you think they're well. So, and I've been grateful in my career that Arun has taken bets on me in cases where I haven't done data warehousing before, but I was brought in to, to help work on this. And so, you know, and then it's coaching them and kind of figuring it out yeah. together. It's not like as a manager, you have all the answers, right? Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. so it's just about how do we figure this out together? Yeah. But it's been a really fun journey just seeing this organization evolve and seeing just how customer focused everyone is, right? And as long as yeah. you're kind of grounded in, we're doing this because we want to make our customers more efficient, more data-driven, better data cultures. You know, when when you're grounded in that, you'll figure it out. Right. As long as we're all grounded on the same fundamental goal. Yep. So, okay, I'm going to shift gears just a little bit. You and I, we actually presented together. You may not remember this a long time ago in the before was the last embassy. It was here in Atlanta, I believe. (gasps) We were in the BI Power Hour. You were in the BI Power Hour. Yes. Yes. That's so right. It's so fun. Oh my gosh, that was. (laughs) <laughs> Probably right after I came back from maternity leave, was it? Was it yeah, that one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it had to have been five years ago, four or five years ago. Because I presented data so. about my kids. That's what my yes, uh, Power Hour absolutely. presentation was. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's such a, it's a fun, it's just a fun presentation, right? We just have yeah, fun. Yeah, I love Power Hour. The things we say are, you know, man, you may not have a job tomorrow sometimes, but yeah. it's fun. <laughs> Nobody's lost their jobs yet. It's always like the most well-attended session in a conference, yes. right? Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. shows. <laughs> oh, man. And like, we're, I, I, I like getting up in the morning and going away. It's fun to me. And you said this earlier. How do you keep it fun, though? I mean, you have so many responsibilities now, right? I can just imagine, you know, all the response. How do you keep it fun? How do you stay enjoying work? How do you get excited about coming into work every day? I guess a couple things. One, working with people yeah. that I really like being around, right? Like the team is fun. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I learn a lot yeah. from everybody. Nobody takes it too seriously. Everybody's just fun to be around, right? So that's critical. Two, for me in my career, the thing that always keeps me around is that I'm learning something new, right? And if I'm trying something new, if I'm stretching myself, I'm doing something I haven't done before, that's what keeps me energized. The second I'm like, oh, I'm doing the same thing again, or I know exactly how this is going to go or whatever, I could close my eyes and do this, I'm out. Right. So, you know, just kind of making sure that I'm always in a position that I'm learning something new and that I'm pushing myself. That's a really important part of keeping it fun. And then, of course, there's just making sure the silly thing, you know, like I still love building Power BI reports. I still love experimenting with things, you know, so I make sure you spend the time on on the stuff that 
you just like doing. <laughs> and I think Microsoft makes that easy. I can only speak from experience and my experience at Microsoft, but especially on the team I work on, it's just, it's part of the job is always, you, you need to go learn something and it just yep. makes it, oh, you just look forward to it. You're waiting for the new desktop to come out. You're waiting for some PM to say, go try this out. I'm trying this, go kick the tires on this. You know, it's just, it's just amazing. So we have this huge community and you mentioned this earlier and I was like, should I just go to that question? I'm gonna save this one. I wanted to save this one. Okay. You mentioned the community, we have ideas.powerbi.com or maybe it's ideas.fabric. I'm not sure what it is anymore. Yeah. I have to go check it's it out. It's all together right? now. So we combined all, all the together. ideas. Yeah. Yep. And so people, the community can go and submit all these ideas and we encourage people to go do it. But is it just the votes? Is it still just the votes? How do you determine what's oh, going in the product? I love this question. Yeah. So <laughs> what we do, basically it's an art and a science, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, we on the fabric team do what we call semester planning every six months. Mm -hmm. So every six months, mm -hmm. we kind of all gather together and we say, okay, what are we gonna do for the next six months? What should we go after? And we pull in a number of factors and we literally make a slide deck. And that slide deck includes, here's the top enterprise customer asks. Here's the top mm -hmm. asks from ideas. Here's the top asks from the Microsoft field. Here's the top asks from Microsoft support, from the user research team, from, and we pull all these things together. And you look at it and it's just a ton of different things. And sometimes things pop out. Sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, it's obvious that everybody wants, I'll pick on one that everybody's screaming at us for that we're working on, it's not out yet. And I don't know exactly mm -hmm. when it's gonna ship, but folders mm -hmm. and workspaces, right? Oh, folders and workspaces oh. is like number three oh. on ideas forever, right? And yeah. with Fabric coming, it's only, only getting worse. All the usability yeah. feedback says, oh my gosh, now I have so many artifacts in my workspace. How am I gonna handle this? Folders and workspaces yes. gets even more important. And tons of enterprise yeah. customers are asking for us. So there's sometimes you get a feature like that where you're like, obviously, obviously just ship yeah. this and you'll make everybody happy. But a lot of the time it's more nuanced than that, either because, hey, enterprise customers really want this, but end users don't. You could think about, hey, admin controls where admins want to shut down something, but business users don't want it shut down, right? So then yeah. there's a, yeah. you know, push and pull or uh, examples where very specific formatting features. Of course, the visualization folks want it, but the modeling folks don't care, right? And so you have to kind of balance the investment areas and tie it back to what are we trying to drive? And for us yeah. as a product team, the things we're trying to drive are usage. So how do we encourage more usage of our products and how do we grow satisfaction? And we measure satisfaction through NPS, net promoter score. So if you ever get those yeah. pop-ups, that's like, uh, yeah. how likely are you to recommend this product? We, we do that in our products and we, we measure that number, right? And so yeah. how can we make people happier and more engaged in the product, easier to use, all that good stuff. And so we kind of go through that process. We regularly review these things and we sort of bring it all together and figure out, okay, based on our given resources, the types of developers we have available, the, you know, asks from our large customers, investments across Microsoft, because sometimes these things are not just about Power BI, like, you know, Fabric, yeah. for instance, was a bigger investment across a larger org. So that's kind of a little bit about how we go after those things. And of course, we talk to customers all the time. I probably have yeah. three customer calls a week, if not more. And then through a lot of our MVP programs and other programs where I can talk to our community members 
all the time. And I'm on Twitter yeah. constantly <laughs> talking yep. to them. I know. I know. LinkedIn too. I know. <laughs> yep. And so I think about, I've been on this Power BI journey since before, since SharePoint and yeah. SharePoint Online. I've been on this journey a long time. And I can think about all the features and capabilities. I think the July desktop just recently dropped or it's about to drop. Um, and so there's always something. There's always something that I'm like, oh, I can't wait to do a video on this. I can't wait to show this to a customer. I just can't wait. And people always ask me this question, what's your favorite one? What's your favorite yep. feature? And so it's just me as a consumer of these features. You are actually the person that's determining which features. You're determining what are we going to create? What's your favorite one? What's the favorite? We're oh. just talking Power BI, right? We'll, oh. we'll, we'll come back and have another interview and talk about oh Fabric later. But just Power BI, there's been so many my There's been so many feature. features and capabilities. What's your favorite? You're like asking, what's my favorite child? I Let's know. See. I know. <laughs> okay, so. Okay, top three. Top three. Okay. Okay. So I'll give you historical and then what's something that we shipped that I, I love and then what's something we're working on now that I love. So okay. the right. one that we shipped that I always love to use as a good example of our community is bookmarks. So if you're familiar with the bookmarking oh. feature, bookmarks, originally we built it for a very specific scenario that no one uses it for, or very few people use it for, which originally <laughs> we built it as like a, if you're doing data exploration, as you find insights, you can save your state so you can get back to it. That's why we called it bookmarks. Yeah. So it's like, okay. okay, if I'm slicing and dicing and I find an interesting insight, I can bookmark it. And then when I go to present to my boss or show it to somebody else, I can come back to that thing and, and show them what I saw. And yeah. That was all well and good, but then it evolved into something so much more that people use bookmarks for navigation tools. We yes. added buttons and they do all this crazy storytelling and completely change the pages around. And the stuff people have built with this feature that actually it started as a Microsoft research project. Somebody in Microsoft wow. research built it because they were like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if I could use the undo redo stack in power bi desktop and they use that's originally how they built it and we, wow. we turned it into this thing that just exceeded my wildest dreams of what people would use wow. it for how much it's wow. being used and it's a testament to our community that we build something we put it out there and it evolves into something completely different through the help and feedback and engagement of folks using the product yep so that that's still just it just shocked me how that grew into something beyond what we ever imagined. Yep. So that was one. And then the one that is my current favorite, because it's both exciting and difficult, is Copilot, Power BI Copilot. Oh, oh boy. Oh. So I'm so excited about the opportunity with large language models and using Azure OpenAI and integrating it so that you can really just empower people to do so much more than they ever could. Now. The real challenge comes in is, you know, we call it co-pilot for a reason, right? It's not replacing humans. It's not replacing analysts, right? Because the reality is it can be wrong, right? If anybody's used chat GPT out there, you know, sometimes it hallucinates. Sometimes it's totally wrong. <laughs> and um, that's where, you know, having an analyst in the loop to correct things, fix things, guide it. And so it really is a co-pilot. It's an assistant. And so getting that user experience right is really challenging, but also really fun yeah. for the product team. And so we, we spent an hour uh, this morning with Amir kind of brainstorming how to get the experience just right and what the feedback's been so far in our private preview. And 
So we're making good progress there, but it's one of those things that there's always this fine balance with AI features of, yes, it's magic, but also when it's wrong, oh man, it's so annoying. So we got to get that experience just right. But I think it's just going to, it's such a game changer of how people are going to do work, right? And and again, like I don't see it as at all a replacement, but man, can we take somebody's job that used to be a two hour task or a two day task and make it a two minute task or a 20 minute task? Like, Oh man. And so that's what I see already. Like I can see even in the early days of, of the co-pilot experiences we've built that even if you can save somebody 10 minutes and then 20 minutes and then two hours, like it's just going to revolutionize how we get to insights. Yeah. That's amazing. So I've been intentionally staying away from fabric because we've just Priya, Amir, Arun, we've been talking about, but I have to ask you this. I have to ask because, I mean, you're the director. And so Fabric is out. It's in public preview. I will tell you that I, and I'm really biased um, because I'm falling in love with this one lake. Oh man, this one lake is, it's a game changer for me, but it's out in public preview. People are using it. Can you give us any, what's coming? What's next? What's planned? What, you know, what can we expect from, from Fabric? Yeah, you know, I just, I'm so happy with the engagement from our community on Fabric and OneLink. And, you know, one of the cool things is just, and I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but Mm -hmm. a huge percentage of our customers that are using Fabric are actually using like four or more of the workloads. Like they're using all of it, right? And that's really cool because that shows the demand. That shows that there was this latent need for oh my gosh, I need data integration and I need data engineering and I need data science and I need data warehousing and BI all together and real time. So the fact that the usage is really starting to show and the patterns are starting to emerge, I'm just thrilled that that's showing up in the usage. So in terms of what's coming, let's see what I can share. I think, (laughs) you know, the thing that we are going to do, just like we did on Power BI, we're going to have a monthly blog. We're going to ship every week, every month. We're going to continue to hear the feedback. Trust me, every one of these teams across Fabric is looking at the ideas forum, is looking at the community forum, looking at the support channels, looking at the enterprise customer asks, and making those lists um, and checking them twice, and then just shipping, right? (laughs) And so the thing that you can count on from this team is just the regular delivery. And for me, I think that's the most important thing here is the momentum and the community engagement and feedback. So if we hear something, we fix it, right? There's some examples like, hey, we changed the icons in the workspace navigation. Uh, they're all gray now. Uh, yeah. It's like a very specific change that we made. Don't, uh, you know, the specifics of why we changed it, who knows, but it's annoying because now you can't tell the difference between the icons and you end up clicking the wrong one. Yes. Trust me, I hear yes. it. I hear it on Twitter. I see it in the NPS <laughs> feedback. I see it in the usability feedback. The second we made that change, we saw it. So the team is off redesigning new icons, right? Like they're frantically yeah. designing the icons. You know, it's taking a little bit longer than expected because there's a lot of them and the colors need to match and whatever. So we're working yeah. on it. So there's seemingly little things like that, right? Yeah. And then there's also big things like one security is one of the things I'm super excited oh, about in one lake. So the idea yeah. that you can yeah. you can lock down, you can secure data at the lake level so that regardless of which engine you use or what language code you code you write or whether you use BI or data warehouse or Spark or whatever, if you can secure that data centrally, man, it's so powerful from a yes. just co- data reuse perspective. 
So yes. that's one that we're actively working on. That's a much bigger project than changing yeah. icons, but that that's one that I'm, <laughs> I'm thrilled is coming. It's just a game changer uh, in how yeah. folks are going to operate. Okay. So all this is exciting and conference season is coming up and yes. we're going to be about out and about. We're going to be out and about. I was talking to Adam. He's like, I got to submit some stuff. We got to get some stuff approved so we can go to all these places. Where can we meet you in person? Are you going to be anywhere this fall? Ooh, 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 ooh. Let's see. <laughs> so the two I already have on my calendar, although I haven't uh, officially booked a speaking gig, but I'm hoping somebody will sign me up. So uh, yeah. note to yeah. We're working on it. There's two community <laughs> conferences I'm really excited about. So one is the Power Platform Conference yep. in Vegas in October. October. Yes. That one I went to last year. It was yes. so much fun. And it was so much fun yeah. because, number one, it was the first conference I'd been to uh, in a long time. <laughs> and second of all, it was all the practitioners, all the low-code developers, all in one place. And again, back to the community feeling of like people's careers are made on these products, like hearing yeah. people's stories and seeing how these products change their businesses and really engaging one-on-one -on -one with folks on just like, hey, if I had this thing, it would make a huge difference. Or let me show you this thing that takes me too long. Can we fix it? Mm -hmm. That kind of stuff. You just, uh, oh man, it was so much fun. I learned so yeah. much at that conference. Yeah, that was a great conference. So. That was one. The mm -hmm. other one I'm super excited about is the Community Azure Data Conference that oh, is yeah. in Orlando in December, I think. Yep, I'll be there. I'll be at that one too. And yeah. that one I have never been to before, but yep. man, we got a lot to talk about. So yes. I think we'll come out in full force for that one. And by then, that'll give us six months or something from now, something like that, a little less. We'll have some good things to show around awesome. then. So awesome. those are the awesome. two that are on my calendar, on my list. Did I miss any? Right. Are there others that that I should have? Uh, 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 there's included? more, but yeah, I'm not going to commit. Sure. You, I'm not going to commit you to anything <laughs> here. There's more. Yeah. There's more. Kim, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I know you're busy. Thank you so much for taking the time to come and hang out and chat and yeah. answer my, you know, my questions. It was amazing. I love hanging out. Um, it was really fun to chat. <laughs> Yeah. And thank you all for listening. Thank you for joining us on another podcast. We hope you'll join us, you know, in the next one coming up soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Insights Tomorrow. Be sure to catch us next time as we continue the journey to uncover the challenges and the possibilities that organizations face every day. You can find more about the show and catch future episodes at InsightsTomorrow.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.